defying all hatred be the love beyond toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. My name is Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And right now, I'd just like to invite you to get centered with us. And if it feels safe for you to just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and just letting go of anything that is no longer serving you in this moment, and just take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, just feeling centered and grounded and just feeling your body as a whole in this now moment. Just take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, just letting go of any extra tension and just staying connected in this moment. And remember, you always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Gila Nehemia, who is an intuitive divine channel. She has dedicated her life from a young age to sharing her light through her poetry, books, videos, and conscious collaboration. She channels her words from source to heal, guide, and open up the creative gifts to transform lives and raise human consciousness. As a shamanic healer, Gila channels through nature and utilizes its inherent healing properties to heal herself, clients, and loved ones. She holds a certification as a sacred circle facilitator and provides support and divine transmissions. She believes we are all on this earth to live our divine mission and assist each other in our spiritual, emotional, sexual, and mental growth into oneness. She has also co-authored a few books about trauma and healing. Welcome, Gila. It's so wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you very much. Tell us, let's just get, jump right in. Tell us a little bit about um, what is um, a sacred erotic self-love mentor? You mentioned that. I think we, we saw that on your, your website. Yes, thank you so much for asking. Um, I focus a lot on the sacral chakra and the sacral chakra is both the chakra for um, this, you know, our sexuality, our, uh, you know, our kind of yoni, lingam, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, as well as our womb space. Um, So it's a source of both uh, love and money. And I've realized that 
I um, personally listen to my desires from that, that space in my body. And through listening to them, um, they were my soul's messages to go forward. And um, because I've experienced chronic trauma in the form of domestic violence in my own life, um, it, was very, it was very scary in some ways to really trust my desire, you know, is very kind of unsure about stepping into that space. Um, but as soon as I decided to do so, checking in, of course, with my intuition and my heart space, um, I was led through a, a beautiful spiritual journey. So that's what I guide others to do, because I, I understand um, the fear usually that comes up when we are doing something that almost seems um, unnatural because we've been so used to fear, so conditioned by fear in many ways. Um, so that's what I, I help others to really trust their hearts, trust their desire, you know, really check in with their bodies um, because the more that we do that and it's both, it's kind of two sides um, because it's one, we feel some constriction in the body sometimes and then you know but what feels good so it's that new way of truly um connecting with ourselves and understanding what we are uh desiring and then um and stepping out of what was so i mean that's a whole other conversation but it's a little bit uh, about what i do mm, that sounds really beautiful so it sounds like really stepping into what is and recognizing even I you know out of what was so like the past um recognizing that we're not the past we can step out of that into the present and into what how our bodies are really wanting or really um bringing us into what is true for us yes yes definitely so tell us a little bit more about how your path has led you to this work it sounds like you've had some really um, intense experiences and which has also opened up for your present. Yes, like many, um, you know, I think all of us have gone through a variety of different challenges in our life, um, uh, especially now <laughs> during this particular time period. And, um, and to honor that, you know, and to really, I sometimes, you know, like probably many, I was like, why, why am I experiencing this? Like, what was the reason for this challenge? You know, this, these pain, these struggles. Um, and as soon as I even started to ask those questions, I became more conscious and aware that I actually had them. I think much of my life I was somewhat sleeping, you know, I was just like, okay, another challenge, fine, you know, I'm up for the challenge, <laughs> but I wasn't really thinking about it. I wasn't, you know, even healing. I was just kind of trained to, okay, you move to the next thing, you know, um, somebody passed away. All right. You know, what's next? Um, yeah. And I don't think at least when I was younger, there was time for that, that we, we weren't in the same time period. Um, you know, thank God in some ways, because now there's so many healers that I can connect with. And at that time, you know, there were therapists, but they weren't quite the same. There weren't energy workers or nobody talked to me about energy. Um, though, you know, thankfully my, um, my parents, my father was very spiritual. He had a lot of like Edgar Cayce books, numerology, you know, yoga, all sorts of things, but I didn't understand what that was. But going back to the cha challenges, um, it was only until recently, it was actually about three years ago when I've had a lot of problems with relationships in my life. And, um, 
And when I finally said, I'm done, I'm just done with this particular pattern. I finally realized I was going through a pattern that wasn't working for me. And I have three children. So I was like, it's not working for us. Um, and I really, I just surrendered. I just, you know, completely, I didn't know what to do. I numbed myself with alcohol and drugs for many years in and out and um, took it to such a point where I knew that if I continued this trajectory, um, you know, my parents died when I was young. I didn't want to be uh, my parent, my children to, you know, not have parents because their father had passed away. So I was just like, I have to change and didn't even know what it was. But deep in my heart, or, you know, perhaps in my sacral chakra, I knew. And that's what came out almost involuntarily. Uh, I just, I just wanted love. I wanted true love. I wanted something to change. Mm. And um, that was the beginning of everything. Mm, that sounds really beautiful. So tell us a little bit more about just the work you've done with your, your sacral chakra and, and what you've noticed and what has come from that. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Um, the primary work that I've done is to, number one, to trust my womb space, to trust what it's saying to me and to understand that it has so much, um, so much information that it's, it's like emanating to me all the time. My body, I think everyone's body does. And I've always been attuned to my body. I was a dancer, you know, and I was always very attuned. I think actually that's how I, um, I, uh, was thriving even in challenging situations because I knew how to release through the body, even if it was unconscious, I, I knew that's what I needed. So um, I did a lot of healing with that. I went to, I, I, I went to like, you know, orgasmic manifestation classes. I went to retreats with other women to just really connect to the womb space, you know, um, and um, it, it really helped me to let go of my fears and to connect to my own intuition and my heart because I knew deep down what was going to happen. I had this knowing and I think everyone has a, like a superpower and some people might be in their heart. Some people might be somewhere else um, or some, you know, and I, I truly feel all of us have a knowing. Um, it's just a matter of how do you tap into that? So I went through a variety of different channels, um, you know, spiritual healers, Reiki masters, you know, I, I had all sorts of, and a lot of mentors. I did, had a lot of personal coaches um, to really just hone in. I had an energy mentor that, you know, would help me to release blocks. She had special, you know, gift to do that. And I, did, I was very intense about it. I mean, I spent a lot of money on myself because I, when I finally found what was working, I was like, I'm doing everything to get rid of what's not working. You know, I don't care if I'm like bankrupt. You know, <laughs> what's most important is that, you know, emotionally I'm healthy. Because on on a very, um, it was very important to me. You know, my my parents had passed away, and when they had, and then my husband, and obviously there was three important people in my life. So uh, that was also a pattern, and I, and I didn't believe that. I don't believe in in like just disease comes to you. Disease come, it's a dis-ease, right? There's something wrong inside. And my, you know, my theory, and it's been proven that, you know, emotions stuffed inside your body usually will come out in ways such as that. So that it was very important to me that through the sacral chakra, it helped me to open all my chakras. 
and and to focus on that that was the, that was the calling and nature really helped me too because nature is just it is right it just you don't need to say anything it's just so beautiful mm. um, and just being in nature was very soothing for me and also gave me messages so it was a combination of a, a lot of different things, but the beginning was um, through eroticism, following my guidance with another soul, and it just opened up um, a whole, you know, all this light, both inside of us and around us. So you mentioned that um, just like stuffing the feelings down and, you know, and, and I'm wondering, I'd love to explore that concept because I think there's so many people that, you know, we, we get caught in these traps of stuffing our emotions down, not listening to what's coming up for us. And, you know, we wonder why we're so sick, right? Because, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of all disease, well, they're saying more like 95%. I've seen some statistics where 95% are, you know, all lifestyle, it's the epigenetics, right? And so, that is all stress related and all those stress from the emotions being stuffed down. So I'm wondering um, if we can, yeah, maybe explore that, you know, how trauma is stored in the cells um, and the, you know, in the emotional and the, how they create the emotional and mental paths that we are seeing. Yeah, that's a great question. I've recently been um, trying to remember his name, Bessel van der Kolk, I believe. He wrote this wonderful Body book. the score. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> excellent. And he's, and he's a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. So that is great because I love when I, you know, get introduced to scientists or, or medical doctors who are no longer following the status quo and actually doing studies where they're seeing people. He did both chronic trauma and one-time trauma. And there's a difference because the um, the one-time trauma, you know, you can take like, um, you know, I don't know, EMDR, like certain things, you know, to actually help you to get through it. And then you're healed. Like it's, you let go of that. Um, but then with the chronic, it's, it's systemic because it's happening over time. So it's not just like, okay, maybe you had one car accident and, you know, then you were able to do some healing and you let go of that. You're not afraid anymore. You can get in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and, and also with chronic trauma, I've seen, you know, in certain ways it's, it's generational, you know, it's not just, okay, in my experience with my husband, but I don't know what happened in, in the intimate relations of all of my, uh, generations, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if there were levels of that, uh, because nothing happens by accident. So in any case, um, there are many there are many authors who've written about this using meditation, using yoga, because the movement is so important because it's stored in the cells. Um, and I've noticed that with my own clients, we'd be talking like this, it's still not working. I mean, we move, we definitely do a lot of things in a short time, but I've noticed now I'm using movement, um, not just by themselves, but in the sessions and they just feel better. They become more open. We do br breath work. Um, I'm going to actually even start to include tapping, you know, because this, it's this, you know, I have entrepreneurs who are in my group and still they feel like they, you know, even if they have people coming in, there's still some resistance. Where does that lie? I was even thinking about money today and it's still fear of security. Where does that come from? It's not about people have enough, you know, they're obviously living in a house, you know, they have internet, but it's this feeling of, um, 
I'm going to lose everything. And I think, and I believe that it is because of the trauma still inside that we cannot still take that leap. Like it's, it can happen for us. We can make it. Mm. So it's again, really the focus of it is reprogramming the subconscious mind. Um, which is why I use writing and words, because through that, we, we even tapping works through words. We're tapping on the point. We're using words to, to accept and then to reprogram to say a new reality. Um, so it's, it's the consistent working with the body and, and the emotions to shift into another reality. Thank you for sharing that. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you work with clients through writing and what you've noticed um, around, yeah, what that process looks like and and how you've been able to help people with that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, one one is to one. The first thing that I actually started with was intuitively to um, to listen to what they say and to pick certain words, because I'm, I'm also an intuitive, you know, I, I think everyone has some psychic power, so I can like hone in on certain things that they say where there's pain and just, you know, drill down a little bit, like just giving them a short, like um, how did it feel when such and such happened? And then when they just write that, like without any structure, like just as if it's a prompt, a five minute prompt and you just start writing, um, then I can find more information out and they reveal it. Even if we talk for hours, I wouldn't have figured that out. Um, so that has been very eye-opening to me mm. that, um, and they can see it too. So it's, you know, and sometimes you don't notice it when you're writing it, but then when we go to the next session or we talk, you know, then there's a whole epiphany that happens. So that's been absolutely amazing. And I, and I also work with the moon cycles. Um, so there's a lot of release and intention with, with, you know, the different phases of the moon. So we're working with nature. We're working with our, um, you know, the ability to voice and listen to mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, and to be quiet as well to just, you know, sometimes when we're writing, we need to reflect, we need to think, we need to just sometimes just be present. Um, and then it will come to us. And I think that that stillness for many of us who've been in a lot of fear, we haven't had the, um, almost a luxury of being still and safe. And I think that that is really important in all of my environments. I, um, I always tell everyone it's confidential, it's safe. You know, there's nothing to fear now. And it's a very, um, it's a very important part of a person's journey, especially on a spiritual journey and a journey where they haven't, haven't felt safe. Um, so I think combining all of that together, it allows them to open up to the possibility that they can have a beautiful life. Um, even something fantastic that they de desire can be possible for them. So, um, combined with all of that and I always trying to add something new you know as I'm we're all growing right so nothing stays static um so you know I'm I'm constantly um shuffling things around and seeing what works and doesn't work you know it's not it's not like a one size fits all it's like what does this x person need um and how can you know if it feels right how can we make this happen together that's uh 
That's really cool. Um, yeah, I know, you know, for me personally, for my, uh, you know, childhood, I had a lot of childhood trauma that, you know, trickled into my adulthood. And, and as it was like you said, you know, for me, it wasn't, uh, you know, one time kind of, oh, you know, shit hit the fan one time, you know, give me something, we're good. It, it's, it's been a, it's been a lengthy process, it's been a lengthy process. And, you know, you are constantly growing, right. And, but sometimes it feels like, you know, you're, you're getting deeper in the pit when in reality you're ascending further out of the pit, you know, it's kind of the whole like no muddle, no Lotus kind of adage, you know? So, um, but I was wondering, so with all, you know, the, the, the work with trauma and all the trauma support that you provide. So how does that releasing the trauma itself support us in moving through the shadows to reclaim our sovereignty and our life force energy? It's a process. Um, it's like, it's a continual. So now it's, I'm moving into accountability. Hmm. You know, what, what would you like to, what would you like to see yourself accomplishing or even on a, on a monthly basis? Like, let's see where we're at. You know, what have we um, let go of and what can we say that we're opening up to? Um, so I, I, I gauge that, you know, I have a client in my group program that's been, been with me for a year. And so one, she was, she was really fearful of money to be quite honest in the beginning. And, um, and, you know, she's consistently made money by working with me. Um, so, you know, it's because she's let go of fear, mm -hmm. the fear of, of it not working or, you know, a client that's opening up to more love. Uh, so what, what ends up happening with me is that they, they begin to trust their own wisdom mm -hmm. because this is something that I focus on. Are you trusting your wisdom now? Can you, you know, can you um, believe in your dreams and your intuition? Is it going to actually happen to you? Because a lot of times it's doubt. We just don't believe it's going to happen because of, the, of, of all of our expectations and we were disappointed. But what if we don't, um, we, we say we expect X, Y, and Z, mm. but we don't know the how. So this is where we get, um, at least for me, this is where I used to get caught up when we can let go of the control, you know, this is the bigger picture. When we let go of the control of any of events, the way it's going to happen, but know that the vision is, is happening for us. Um, and then any obstacle that comes in, you know, I check in with them when we're, you know, when I we were one-on-one, -on -one, definitely I check in with them in between sessions mm -hmm. and things happen. Triggers are always happening because just like you said, we're going deeper into the shadow. And when we go deeper into shadow, it gets really scary. Like, oh my God, this person said X and I went ballistic or whatever because, you know, it triggered me. Okay, well, what's really triggering? What is the, what is the core of that issue? We don't have to relive the trauma. Let's get to the core of the issue and, you know, just say that that doesn't exist. We're still living, right? You and me, I guess I would say, I might've still been living like I was five years old, even though I'm a mom. Because that, that trauma didn't, I didn't let go of it. But now I can say that person can still come to me. Let's say an ex-partner can still come to me and be like, hey, what's up? Someone I, oh, I thought was toxic. And I would be like, well, I don't, thank you for, sh for sharing with me. I'm not interested in talking to you or I, how are you? But it doesn't do anything for me anymore. You know what I'm saying? It, what, that's how we know that we've healed because it doesn't create the same response. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I, 
I, uh, yeah, I definitely understand that. And uh, one thing that you did say that kind of hit me pretty hard is the uh, separation of trauma versus reality. You know, and I know for me personally, it, it's really difficult to separate the trauma versus reality, especially when you're in the moment, you know, and, and something happens, something says, somebody says something, somebody does something, or there's a scene or something that triggers that trauma. And, you know, you go right back into it. And it's really hard to, uh, to separate that and to basically tell yourself, okay, this is the memory. This is the emotion. And this is what's happening here and now. So are you, can you give like any like pointers on how maybe, you know, we could start kind of differentiating uh, the trauma from, you know, the now? Yeah, I would, um, I would say I have, uh, I used to do something about moving from pain to love. I was actually looking at, looking at that before we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, I would, I would say, you know, what it's sometimes it's hard to take yourself observe when you're in the situation, but when you, you one is to have the conscious awareness mm-hmm. that, okay, I've seen this happen to me time and time again, let's just say something happens, somebody says something to me and I go nuts. Um, my kids, for example, I think that's a very uh, easy example for anyone who is a parent. Um, sometimes if they do something, wait, they're not doing it the way I want to. And I just start screaming. Mm-hmm. And then we have a conversation like, oh, I really don't like when you scream. Oh, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, and then to be, you know, co- have a conversation. Okay, I wish, you know, blah, blah, blah. I wish you could do X. And then I have to think about, okay, why am I getting angry? Because I'm trying to control them. Um, so what if I don't control them? What if I just allow it to happen on its own and are talking a normal voice and ask them kindly? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's actually being conscious and then beginning to shift the behavior. Uh, because I think this is an important piece, you know, like I did a 21 day body intimate self-affirmation. It's important to do something for 21 days, you know, to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And because then when you're conscious, when it happens again, take a breath and then respond. It's like, sometimes we feel like we need to react, right? If you're not fast enough, like I'm not gonna get to the, no. That's not, you know, at least for me, it's not the way. I need to just take a breath and then say, okay, what, what is the response I need to do at this moment? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't need to respond. The only way I stopped like uh, getting into that, continuing the toxic relationship I had was to say nothing. Then there was nothing for the person to work with. Mm-hmm. So actually I would say even before being conscious is just to stop, just to take a breath. It helps to create awareness. And when you have that awareness, then you can decide how do I want to respond? I think awareness is definitely very key with trauma and just recognizing how it's showing up um, in in your body because trauma, you know, if you've had some of that complex trauma, like you're saying, it's really about, um, you know, oftentimes there's dissociation and feeling like, you know, you are out of your body. So bringing that awareness back into your body is key and getting reconnected and recognizing, you know, where those emotions are, are stored. And, and also, you know, recognizing that talking about trauma too, sometimes can re-traumatize 
you know, so having those skills that are really important, like grounding and tapping, I love tapping. I think it can be really helpful to move that energy, right? Because emotions are just energy in motion and it's just how it's stored in the body. And, and so when we can tap it through and work it through like that, um, doing some of those other things, um, it can help to really balance the brain. And when you are in that place of trauma and you, you've been triggered by something, you know, really um, recognizing taking the time to do something like like bilateral stimulation. You mentioned EMDR earlier. I wouldn't recommend doing EMDR on yourself, but um, you know, I think you have a trained professional, but if you go um, for a walk outside, um, a walk, walking can create bilateral stimulation because when you're in trauma, your emotional center of your brain is overactivated. And it's important to connect your logical side of the brain with the emotional side and walking can help with that. Um, so can like, you know, pattern interrupts, you know, maybe splashing water on your face or jumping up and down, doing jumping jacks will create this, a similar experience. So recognizing, so when you do go into that trauma place, yeah, definitely bringing it back to your body and doing what you can to help balance the brain again. So yeah, I'd also add that, um, I find that stepping into, uh, maybe this is a, a, a jump, but stepping into things that make you feel good is very, one, mm -hmm. it's very soothing, it's comforting, and you don't have to rely on someone else to give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps you to move out of things that you don't want into what you do want. Um, and so that, that's a big part of my work is self-pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, because the more we can give ourselves pleasure and really like, even if it's just a cup of tea, you know, I need a cup of tea now, you know, cause that's my de-stress or mm -hmm. whatever it is, or taking a, a walk out in nature. I mean, that's really beautiful. Um, and that will, the, then it clears your mind and, and then you seek more, more pleasurable movements rather than the other. And, and that's also bringing you back to your sovereignty and recognizing that it, it really is within you and there's not, it's not outside of you, but you have the ability to pleasure yourself in that way. And also um, the, the triggers on the outside, you know, it's not about the other person, it's about what's happening within and that you get to move through that. You get to heal that for yourself. It's not about blaming anymore. Right, right. It was the big thing for me was taking responsibility for what happened mm -hmm. and that it was, I brought it upon myself. No one, you know, came into me. It's very challenging, you know, can get very sticky depending on what has happened to somebody. Um, though, you know, on some level we have to, we have to take the responsibility. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, especially, you know, for me personally, my, like I said, my tra trauma tra started in my childhood. So, you know, for, for the longest time and still a little bit today, honestly, but, you know, I, I would tell myself, well, you were just a child, you know, you, you were innocent. You, you didn't know any better, you know, this stuff just got thrown on you. And I mean, the situation itself, yes, I could not control that situation, but the <laughs> 30 plus years after that 
that's all me. You know that that that's on me. That that has nothing to do with the situation, and that's on me. And um, like like you said, it gets it, it gets really sticky, and there are really fine lines that you have to cross with that. Um, but I, I just love what, you know, you and, and, and Stacy were, were talking about how, you know, it all comes from within, not only the, the, um, you know, ability to change the ability to grow the ability to ascend, but the trauma itself as well, you know, even though, yeah, you, you have, you have, there are triggers, you know, there are things like you said that that could set a person off, but what happens in that moment, you know, what happens in that moment from the time that trigger hits you to the time you get set off, you know, and if you're able to kind of catch yourself right at that moment, uh, you know, that's kind of where the real growth starts to happen. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you know, you, you have to, you have to admit and accept that, you know, the trauma that I'm dealing with now is, is mine. It belongs to me. Nobody else. It belongs to me. So it is up to me on what I want to do with it. I want to just add one thing is that what has really helped me, especially in my relationships, was one, to be truly honest with myself. Mm. You know, like what is really happening here? Why am I upset at X, Y, and Z? Mm. And then to communicate, especially if it's somebody who I'm very close to, to communicate what's coming up for me, which was very scary for me. It was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but the more I was able to communicate that, then a part of my work is also about intimacy, first and foremost with yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, because yes, things can trigger you. You can start blaming, you can do whatever, right? But once you actually realize, okay, that's not productive. Um, I care about X, Y, or Z. Or I care about myself. I want my needs to be met. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to communicate that well. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has been very important in my own process. That's really beautiful. And so that brings me to just think about forgiveness. How has forgiveness supported moving through and creating that intimacy and communicating with others and letting go of your own trauma? Forgiveness was huge. Um, I read a book by um, Colin um, Tipping, Radical Forgiveness. And that really shifted me in a huge way. I, I was recommending it. I still recommend it to all my clients um, because in the book, he gives you three letters to write to your perpetrator, um, you know, and it could be multiple, but you know, you start with one. And that allowed me to totally let go of any rage I had or actually even opened up the rage. You know, sometimes we suppress the rage, but until you let it go, you're still kind of controlling that, you know, to kind of like say, okay, that's not how I need to respond. But when you allow yourself to just open the emotion, um, that's the release. And then, then it's the learning. And so I, I believe, like he said, that um, I was brought to earth and my soul was brought here to live this challenging experience to come and help others, um, to, to heal generations, you know, to all of the things that I'm doing right now. Um, I, I was meant to experience it, I accept that. Um, so that, it was very big for me to, um, to deal with forgiveness and, and it's constant as well. Yeah, yeah, that sounds, I mean, really beautiful. And 
you know, again, bringing it back to the self, right? Forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about what's happening for you and opening up to that. Yes, yes, so much so. I think that's what I came down to after I let it go with the other person that I forgive myself for, you know, maybe I could have done things differently and I just didn't. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the biggest thing that hurt me so much. Mm. So letting go, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you also um, mentioned self-intimacy and how self-intimacy is key in, uh, in growth. Um, can you just kind of elaborate a little more on what you mean by self-intimacy? You know, I know, it's, of course, it's not only the physical, but can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, it's the physical and it's also just really, um, you know, being compassionate and kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and um, you know, really kind of seeing yourself, you know, so much of us wants to be seen and heard. And are we giving ourselves a time to really get to know who we are? I believe we're millions of beings inside of ourselves. You know, we can actually never get bored if we truly connect within. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within. And, and I truly believe that. Um, you know, we could talk about, I don't know if we will, but you know, this unity consciousness, but really to, to get to that is to see that there is, um, you know, there's light within us, there's creativity. Some, most of my work is actually about opening me up to sacral chakra to open up your creativity mm -hmm. because I never wrote poetry before I met this person, even though I was a literature major, I studied a lot of poems, but I, I never had, I don't know, nothing ever came out of me that way. And suddenly like a valve opened up and it was like unstoppable. And I, and I realized that I, I'm able to, um, you know, to write words very vividly through, you know, making pictures. Mm -hmm. But why am I saying that about intimacy? Because I wouldn't have been able to connect to that part of myself if I didn't allow myself to connect to me, like the, in, like the, my soul or my heart or my light, how, whatever you want, the atma, whatever you, word you want to say. Um, and I and I don't believe that we can get there until we release a lot of the stuff that's ho holding us back from seeing the true, you know, our true divinity. And that I feel only comes with intimacy of the self. That's absolutely beautiful. And so, yeah, kind of in line with that, um, how how has the your deepest challenges open up to your soul's alignment, your soul's purpose? Um, I guess that what I would say to that is that once I knew what the vision was um, and, I, and I had a, a somewhat of a clear vision, um, I allowed myself to surrender. And that brought about a lot of challenges in my life. It, you know, it, it's almost like your deepest fears are for me, it was my deepest fear starting to manifest because I, I, you know, it's almost like you can't control it, right? Um, what you think is what, what happens. Um, so as that occurred, I would just kind of be with it, whether it was finances or, you know, being afraid that my relationship was going to end or whatever it was, you know, I, I just allowed it. And I finally was just like, okay, if this isn't for me, take it away from me. And if it is, it is. And, you know, I, I love Eckhart Tolle. It's just to stay in the present moment, to be still. 
And that's, you know, that's what I would do. And that allowed me to, to step further into my power, step further into my message. And even if I was afraid, I, because, because it's steps, right? We're doing just steps. Um, so each step, you, then you were, you're able to look back and say, oh, I took that step and I was supported. So I'll take the next step. So it's not really a jump, even though you've kind of, I, I don't want to say it's always a ladder, but sometimes it seems that way. So my deepest challenges helped me to actually become balanced and sovereign, which was my, my initial intention. When I started the journey three years ago, I said, I don't want to need anything. I want to be able to like, you know, just be. And, and I feel that, you know, it's still a journey. I think I'm constantly healing until I'm no longer on this earth, though. I really do feel that, um, you know, just more less reactive and just, uh, you know, allowing and being present. So it's helped me to surrender, just really surrender my control. That was the last 2020 was all about just surrendering mm. and letting go of control. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. That was a big lesson for 2020, for sure. Yeah, with all the stuff going on for everybody, I think you know, we all have to just let go. There's nothing we can do. Surrender to it all. And, and yes. you know, and even I, I mean, I was on a different life path trajectory for a while. And, and then 2020 switched everything. And it's like, nope, this is the way you're going. And this is, I just, I've been following it. And, you know, everything has been flowing and it's been in pure joy. and you know, and once I surrendered to it, things just, you know, became easy. <laughs> right, not, right. Not easy, easy, but they definitely easier, I think. You know, there wasn't as much resistance anymore. Yes. yes. Really opening up to that. Right. And I like the word flow because that's really, you know, I read this book by um, Drive, I forgot, Daniel Pink, long time ago, many, many years ago, over 20 years ago, maybe. And, um, he said it so well, he, I don't know if you know this guy, he's, um, I can't even pronounce his name. He talks about flow and, um, and he, and I feel like if it's almost like meditation, you know, mm -hmm. like when you're doing art, you're in you're in a meditation. Mm -hmm. um, and if we can live our lives like that, like constantly, mm -hmm. like just being, you know, nothing else, we just are, then everything does flow because nothing mm -hmm. moves us. You know, it's, it's hard. I, I'm not saying it's, you know, it's hard, even, it's hard for everybody, I think, or maybe some people find it easy, but the more that we could step into that more parts of our day, you know, then I think that we can, we know how to get back to it when we're not in the space. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah, I just, I love the word flow too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's has so many meanings or it could just mean one thing. It's just, it's, it's, such a cool word um and you did mention um a little bit ago how uh you know you, you kind of you help your uh your patients you know heal through movement right and i do uh know on your website on your bio that you did mention and you did mention your father and how he was you know a very spiritual man and he actually kind of taught you how to you know move through divine song and dance and uh I know for me, and I also know for Stacy that you know, song, dance, movement—that's that's really big in, in both of our spiritual lives. So, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that divine song and and dance and what he taught you and what you still do now? Sure. Thanks for sharing that. Um, 
So my father, I consider him as like a bhakti yogi. He was from India. My parents came from India in the south of India. And um, satsang or kirtan was very popular um, in my household, like since I was a baby. So he was, we were always singing with lots of people. And he had a, had a voice that was like, you know, would shake the, the place. You know, people mm. still remember him. He passed away a long time ago um, when I was like 16. So over 40 years ago, or no less, maybe 35, <laughs> but uh, a long time ago. And, uh, but, you know, um, people still remember him because of his voice. And so it was just kind of, you know, and all the time we were hearing like all of these Sanskrit words in the house, like constantly. I mean, I didn't even know what they meant. And I still don't always know everything, um, but it was always around me. And uh, and then you know usually the girls of my age would go into dance, and so and then I learned Indian classical South Indian classical dance. But I didn't realize, and I also learned classical music to sing. But what I just realized recently when I went to India with my kids, we went to six months. We went traveling from the south to the north, and um, we stayed in an ashram for a little while. And I realized that all of the things that I learned, the art forms um, connected to, you know, was part of yoga. Because mm. actually singing the all the notes, both in Western and Eastern um, um, cultures uh, are actually connected to the seven chakras. Mm. And I, I like, I never knew that, you know, and also the kind of poses that I used to do, like it's all connected. And I was like, wow, you know, that really makes sense then that we were still like we're releasing blockages as we're doing this. Um, but we had I mean, I just didn't have any idea. Um, I didn't put it together. And um, and he was, you know, he was very into this higher consciousness, though, you know, we, he was still living in this world, you know, still living with a lot of generational baggage. And, and I think it was very challenging for people in his generation, you know, coming from another country. I mean, it's a whole long story, but I think that just being in that kind of atmosphere now, I appreciate it, um, that I didn't understand at that time, that the whole household is very culturally oriented. He also, whenever we, he would get angry at us, I still remember I'd write Om Namah Shivaya, you know, like our, our uh, Sairam, or, you know, like some, uh, you know, beautiful words of God you know, write it 108 times <laughs> um, instead of like putting me in the corner and closing the door. Like right. that was just not our punishment. Um, so, you know, he he was totally um, like celebrated writing and celebrated music and art. And and that helped me to also, and he also was uh, very open to other religions. Um, you know, I then converted to Judaism. He no longer was alive, but I knew that my parents brought me up and there's just this one spirit. You know, it doesn't matter what's manifesting as, as a religion, but believe in this one, you know, this light being or, you know, however we want to call it now. Mm. So I think the art forms opened up into all of that. Um, and so that was a gift I felt that he gave to to all of us. That's Thank beautiful. You. That's very beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that. Very much so. And, and you also, um, and, and kind of going you know, just off that, uh, piggybacking and, and what you mentioned earlier about unity consciousness. What is your, what are your thoughts on that? So I, um, my particular feelings about that is um, it's love, you know, it's what happened to me was connecting to my heart space, opening my heart to someone else and realizing it's not just about my heart and this other person, 
but it's about opening my heart to the to the world to to all beings to life forms you know that they're like uh, i have a client who talks to flowers you know it's like when we can connect on any level we have i have uh, spirit animals um you know whatever like we just we're there's no separation so that's what i what that's what i feel i think that i've always lived in um in duality you know it's either good or bad mm -hmm. it's uh it's not working or it's working what about it just is you know, there, we'd start to, we lose the words of uh, extremes. And, and when we go into it just is, and we accept, I mean, it was a big part of my process is to just accept what is and realize that whatever I'm desiring um, is also coming. So it's letting go of the resistance and allowing it to come by, um, you know, by, by loving myself and allowing love to exist in my life. So I think the highest form, highest vibration, you know, is joy or love. And when we can stay into that vibration, then we, we become, um, you know, examples for others just in our presence. Mm. We don't need to say anything. Mm. You know, we, we just feel the energy and, and that's enough mm. to have someone, you know, possibly go on their own path of, of spirituality or whatever they feel called to do. That sounds really beautiful. And again, it, it's all about coming within, right? Finding that love, finding um, that connection with the self, because that's what's going to emanate outward. And that's what's going to shift our consciousness on a collective level, on a global level. That's right. And it's going to heal the planet because, mm -hmm. you know, we're all connected and we are, we, mm -hmm. whatever we do um, affects the earth. Mm -hmm. And so if we begin to heal inside, the earth is also healing inside because we're going to be more conscious about what we eat. We're going to be more conscious about how we're growing our food or the kind of food we're, we're buying or the people that we're connecting with. I mean, it just affects everything. Yeah, there's no separation. Absolutely. Yeah. So Kilia, I'm wondering if you would like to lead us through a process today. You mentioned maybe a writing process to help our listeners. Sure. Um, I think that I, I'll just give some steps for anyone who's listening who may want to do this on their own and they can stop and start, um, you know, after we're done. Though I, I thought um, about stepping into their, their purpose, you know, I, I really wanted to focus on pleasure. Um, so one, I thought about um, first writing about how you feel when you're doing something that you love you know, to really reflect. Sometimes we're just doing it and then we stop doing it and we don't take the time to reflect. Um, a lot of my process is about reflection. So, so one, writing about that um, when you feel like you're in the flow, like we mentioned during this um, interview, and then to visualize more, um, doing more of, of what, um, what you love. Like, and, so, and, you know, to really think about places that make you feel good, you know, it could be the beach or it could be in the mountains or in the forest, like what makes you feel good about being there? Because so, so much of the time, like sometimes when we're in a, in a position, let's say we don't really like our jobs, we think about what we don't like. We focus on what we don't like instead of going into what we, what we are desiring. And sometimes we don't know what that is yet. 
So that's, these are the kind of steps that if you do, if you have things that really make, it might be like baking bread makes you feel really good. Smelling the bread, I know it does for me, but smelling the bread, you know, when it's baking also, it's like, uh, it's exciting, you know, how is it going to turn out, you know, and you're using your hands as an extension of your heart, you know, you, you need to do something tactile. So tapping into what it is, is important. Um, because then it can give you a clues about what you are desiring to do. So again, reflecting upon that. Um, and, and also sometimes if you're not sure, if you're still not sure about what it is, writing a list of what you don't like, and then writing an opposite list, um, because that will then help you identify, okay, I don't like going nine to five jobs. All right, maybe you need more flexibility with your time. You know, like, where is it that's, that's the, um, it's, it's toning in on what is the challenge. Mm -hmm. So then you can move into um, openness and expansiveness. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, and then I, I also, I, I closed it with connecting to yourself, connecting to your guides, to your angels, to really just being still and allowing things to come in because I feel like that is the important stuff and we can actually kind of have some idea of what it is that we like. Um, and then allowing the co-creation to happen with the divine for even for clarity. Sometimes we don't know exactly what it is, but we know what we like. So ask, you know, we have actually light beings around us all the time. So ask them, you know, even if you don't know what they are, like help me God or help me angels to give me more clarity. And then, you know, allow it to come in, watch, listen, you know, really be aware um, and write it down, you know, or record it on your phone. You know, it doesn't have to always be written, but recording and then listening um, helps you then become more attuned to you. That's really the process of being more attuned to yourself and, and, your, um, and your happiness and then just doing more of it. Beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. Uh, great. So they can find me at gilanahemian.com. Um, and um, what I'm currently working on is I do have a new e-course that I just launched about two weeks ago, which is a DIY, like do it yourself e-course. It's called uh, Words of Seduction. So I use pleasure, focus on pleasure and ways to release from the body to just tap into more pleasure. Um, and because it was so challenging for me to speak, I step into the, it's, it's four modules, but they're really concentrated in two modules in the middle. And then the second part of that is expressing your desire um, to a possible love interest or even just to, to yourself. Because the more that we become honest and real with what it is that we are desiring, that's how we manifest it. Um, so that uh, that is is um, is coming out, or that's out right on my website that they can access. Um, that they'll once they um, send the you know the payment, then the link gets sent to them. And the other thing that's coming out in a month or so is um, my poetry book. I'm finally publishing that. And I'm very excited about that. And it's um, it it contains nature, um, you know, self and er and erotic poetry as well as uh, spiritual poems. So I'm just really psyched. And um, it's it's been a long time in the making. So 
Uh, but that's going to be one of many books that I'm going to be working on this year and in coming years. So very awesome. And uh, will they be able to, will we be able to get that poetry book off of Amazon or would it be directly from your website? Um, yeah, it'll be on Amazon. I'm actually going to go through, it's going to also go to bookstores. It's going to be distributed um, because I, you know, I live in Israel and it's very challenging to get things from Amazon. So I want it to be accessible to people in different parts of, um, of the U.S. As, as well as, you know, across Europe and in different places. So um, yeah, definitely available. It may even be a hardcover. I, I haven't decided, but I, I would like to make a hardcover too. Nice. Wonderful. You'll have to send us the link and we'll put that in the show notes for people to have access to. All right. I love that. Thank you. Absolutely. And so thank you, Delia, for being here today. We really appreciate just your experience and sharing your wisdom with us. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 Mountain Standard Time. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. And if you like this show, share the love by sharing it with your friends. We love you guys. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.